worthy, O oh God, to receive the glory that is due your name. Oh God, I'm thankful that you are our refuge and strength. Uh, you are very present help in the time of trouble, Lord. There's none like you, God. I thank you, Lord God, again this morning for this beautiful day that you have unfolded to us, O oh God. I thank you. For your loving kindness, O oh God. Great is thy faithfulness, O oh Lord. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Where could I go but to the Lord? Amen. Hallelujah. He is our strength. He's our refuge, our song. Amen. He, the Bible tells us he's surpassed, surpassed us about with songs of deliverance. Amen. So you got to know those old songs when you need deliverance. Amen. So you can just crank it up. He's given us a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness that we might be called trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord, that he might be glorified. Amen. So whatever your favorite song is, when you're going through things in your life, just sing it. Amen. And it'll release some power. Amen. And you'll be able to keep going on. Amen. Praise God. It's good to have Michaela back. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Ooh, ooh, ooh. She's been away playing hooky, working hard, eating Aussie pie, Norsky milk, all those places over that way. <laughs> Did you bring me a pie? Oh. <laughs> well, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. What have we been talking about? Walk in the talk. All right. Who's going to tell, stand and tell me what that means to them? Now, while that person is getting ready to stand and tell us what it means to them, don't forget Wednesday night, if I call your number on the themes for the month, you've got to quote your scripture. So I'm going to hand out numbers when you get here Wednesday night. And whatever number you get between 1 and 8, you know, you got to know that scripture. Amen. Last Wednesday night, we walked with Paul through his missionary journeys in the book of Acts. So now hopefully you've gone back and read those again. Amen. So we'll be ready. So next Sunday, you got to be ready. Wednesday, you got to be ready. You don't have the sheet. It's back there on the wall. <laughs> Everybody got one at the beginning. You get one every month of the theme scripture. It's back there, so amen. Praise God. You guys are doing good. You got this stuff down pat. Okay, who's going to tell us about what we talked about? Da, 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 da. <laughs> Brother Richard. Way back there. <laughs> Amen. So true. Amen. That's right. Amen. If we're saying we're Christians, we've got to be doing what we say that we are. Amen. Brother DeMood. Amen. He was endeavoring to do 
Amen. Amen. All right. Anybody else? Sister Bell. There's a saying, the picture is worth a thousand words. Amen. Amen. My life ought to be the picture Amen. of every word I speak. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So true. Amen. Be that picture. Amen. Let your light so shine that men shall see your good works. Glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Amen. Colossians 1.10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen. Now, that's the key. That's the key. To walk worthy of God. Amen. And as they were saying, we have to become, as James tells us, doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving our own selves. Amen. We want to walk according to the word of God. Amen. It does us no good to, uh, to read the Word of God and not apply it. We want to apply the Word of God to our lives. And we see in Deuteronomy 8.3, Moses told the children of Israel, and the same thing Jesus told Satan uh, when he was tempted in the wilderness, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. Amen. We want to live this Word because it's just... As we already talked about, it's just words if you ain't going to live it. The Bible is just another book on your shelf if you're not going to live it. It's life. Amen. Jesus says, I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly. Amen. So the word of God is, is so key and so important. The Psalms even tell us in Psalms 138 verse 2 that the Lord has exalted his word above his name. Amen. The word is exalted above, magnify thy word above thy name. God's promises and God's oaths are, are up there. Amen. They're far-reaching. Praise God. You know, and so therefore, when God made promise to Abraham, Hebrews 6 tells us, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, surely, blessing, I'll bless you, and multiply, and I'll multiply you. And so after he patiently endured, he received the promise, saying, amen. The word of God is must be what we live by and how we conduct our actions in our in our lives on a day the day basis the word of god is absolute truth amen the world is trying to say there is no absolutes i'm here to tell you there is an absolute and it's the word of god amen because jesus said the same word that i've spoken to you is going to judge you in the last day amen if it if we don't do it, we can't expect to have great success. Amen. There's no success without the Word of God. Amen. There is no fruit without the Word of God. There's no holiness without the Word of God. There's no separation. There's no salvation. We can do nothing without the Word. Amen. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. 
Amen. So we've got to have the word hid in our heart. This is the thing we live by. Amen. Victory always start with the word. Amen. Victory over circumstances. Victory over situations. It always start with the word of God. Amen. You know, it does me no good to go out and teach 100,000 Bible studies if I ain't going to live the Word. I'm just wasting my time. You know, what What did the Bible say? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world, Jesus said, and lose his own soul? You know, I've got to save me. That's what Peter told them on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2.40. I think he is 40. He says, hey, save yourselves from this son towards generation. It's for me first. Amen. I have to save me. I can save no one else. That's why Ezekiel, the Lord told Ezekiel in the 14th chapter of Ezekiel, he said, though Daniel, Noah, and Job was in the earth by all their righteousness, he said, they can't save nobody but themselves. You know? So if I can't save nobody but me, <laughs> guess what? I'm saving me. Amen. I'm, I'm going to live according to the Word of God. And I want my life to be a reflection. As we saw last week, we are what we do. If I sin, what does that make me? It makes me a sinner. If I tell lies, what does that make me? Amen. If I steal, what does that make me? Amen. See how it works? Amen. You don't, have need, a, you don't need a Ph.D. To, to figure this stuff out. Amen. We become what we do, and we find out that everything that we do counts. Amen. Every kind of thing that we do, we have to give an account of the deeds that we've done in this life. So we have to make sure that we walk according to God's Word, and we live according to God's Word. Amen. And so today, we want to pick up on the fourth point. The golden rule is pure gold. Matthew seven twelve. Jesus says, therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. This is the law and the prophet. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. I, I know when I was still on active duty, I, I found it kind of interesting that, you know, a lot of times they say, well, you can't say religious things. You can't do religious things and all that. And I can remember when, I'm trying to think what what the circumstance was that happened in the Army. There was something happened. I can't, can't remember off the top of my head. But I thought it was interesting that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs sent out a, a uh, memo to all the leaders. And it was basically the golden rule. To do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. And I thought, huh. You know, <laughs> coming from the higher down. You know, I thought it was very interesting when he did that. I, I'm trying to remember what the circumstance was. that It went kind of viral across the military. I can't think of it right now. But if I think about it what, uh, what I'm doing this, then I'll bring it back. But it was calling all of us to do unto others. To treat one another the way that we want it to be treated. I'm sure most people at one time or another have heard about this thing called the golden rule. Why was the scripture titled such? Jesus never called it the golden rule. He just said, treat people the way that you want it to be treated and do unto others what you want them to do in you. If it is golden, shouldn't we all be keeping it? Amen. 
You don't throw away gold. <laughs> you know, you keep it. Isn't it amazing that the Word of God is, is always related to gold? Psalms 19, right? It says, more to be desired than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them are your servants worn, and keeping of them is great reward. Amen. Amen. The golden rule. This scripture is perhaps the most simple and profound and universal guide for human interaction. If you are looking for a crash course on doing right, treating people right, then you don't have to look further than the word of God. Amen. All of it is golden. Amen. It's all golden. It's, it's, it's proven. It's been tried over and over. And you got the real thing. You're holding the real deal in your hands. Amen. You can take it to the bank. Amen. I think Proverbs 8 say, I wisdom with me is riches and, you know, honor and doable riches and righteousness. You know, my revenue is better than choice silver and, you know, my righteousness better than gold. Man, just read Proverbs 8 sometime, man. It just lightens you in so much stuff. You know, the whole, actually the whole book of Proverbs will enlighten you in so much you know, stuff, you know, and this just unfolds your whole life. Tell you all the good stuff that you need to do. Amen. When J.C. Penney's opened his first dry goods store in Creamer, Wyoming in 1902, he, what is it? Kimmer, thank you. He named it the Golden Rule. Why? Because Golden Rule principles are just as necessary for operating a business profitably as are trucks, typewriters, and twine, he said. Amen. Think about that. It's just important. When L.L. Bean was born in the small township of Greenwood, Maine in 1872, the value he was raised to believe in were simple and deeply ingrained. Nature was something to be reverent. Family ties was a priority. And doing to others was not just a sand but a way of life. When Bean launched his company with the first Maine hunting show in 1912, he believed so strongly in the golden rule that it made, he made it the foundation of his business. Think about that. Amen. This is the foundation. You work here, you're going to have to do, treat people the way you want to be treated. Man, that should be the golden rule for every place, wouldn't it? Amen. Praise God. We have committed the golden rule to memory. Let us now commit it to life, said Marvin Markham. Amen. And so that's what we want to talk about today is this thing called the golden rule. Amen. Do you ever stop and consider how you treat other people or how your actions might impact other people? You ever stop and think about that? Amen. You know, how do you feel sometimes when you feel like you did wrong? If, you know, if you stop and think about it, if I told you a secret and then you tell somebody else that secret, how do you think I would feel or you would feel if somebody told your secret? Yeah, you'd feel very betrayed, wouldn't you? Do you also realize that if I tell you a secret and then you tell somebody, if, if, even if it doesn't get back to me, that that person see you in a dip that I told, see you in a whole different eyesight, you know? So we have to be careful, amen, that we follow the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them 
to do unto you. Amen. How do you want people to treat you? People do nothing to help their neighbors. Think about it. If you saw your neighbor out shoveling the snow and, you know, and they're just struggling and you're all finished with yours, do you consider going and help on them? If their yard is bigger than yours? You know? If somebody, if you was driving along the road and somebody's broke down, do you stop and consider to help them? See if they need help? Or do you keep going? How would you want to be? How would you like for people to treat you? Have you ever been broke down and people just keep going? How do you feel? You feel like, I can't believe that. You know? I can't believe that. You know? (laughs) We have to treat people the way that we want to be treated. You never know when it's going to be your turn in the bucket. Amen. Let's look at Luke chapter 10. Get your Bibles out. Let's look at the prodigal son here. Luke chapter 10. Oh, my time is flying already. Luke chapter 10. Time flies. I guess I'm getting old (laughs) when you're having fun. Luke chapter 10, I think, is uh, somewhere around verse 25. Everybody knows this story, don't you? Y'all could probably quote it by heart. You read it so many times in the church. Amen. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, said, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answered, saying, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy... I'm in the wrong... Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the right scripture, aren't I? See? Amen. Strengthen thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered rightly this do, and thou shalt live. But he willingly to justify himself said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered, said, And a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him, and departed leaving him half dead. But by chance there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a good Samaritan, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him, and bound up his wounds, poured in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on tomorrow, when he departed, he took out one two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. So notice, the good Samaritan, you, you got a priest, you got a Levite. 
So Jesus is calling our attentions to the religious leaders because the priesthood was of the Levitical priest uh, tribe. And so he said to show them that if anybody should have been neighbors and help, it should have been those first two. But a good Samaritan, a Samaritan came by, which was an outcast. Amen. And as Brother Frank Ritchie uh, taught a few uh, months ago at our men's conference in this, this regard, he brought out the point. You don't see the Samaritan asking the man who beat him up. You don't see the Samaritan asking the guy where he's from. You don't see the Samaritan asking the guy, you know, where you headed. You know, he just stops to give him help. Uh, He's willing to forgo what he is doing to lay where he's headed to be able to help this man that is in need. He takes and he pours in wine and oils. He binds him up. He put him on his own beast. And he takes him to an inn, and he takes care of him. He gets up the next morning. He pays the innkeeper. He gives the innkeeper money and says that basically if this isn't enough, when I come again, I'll pay you what I owe you. And he says, and Jesus says, now which one is neighbor? You know, See, the story is to draw our attention to how would we want to be treated. If somebody beat me up and left me half dead along the road, do you want me to leave me there that the buzzards and things come by and eat me and, you know, torment me or somebody else come by and kick me off the side? Or do you want to be helped? See, there's a lot of people that needs help. Amen. Jesus says, freely you have received, freely give. Amen. We have got to be willing to sometimes put our plans on the sideline to be able to help someone else. To go sing a song of encouragement. You know, how would you like to be treated? Think about it. The golden rule doesn't change. Do unto other people the way that you want them to treat you. You know, is is what Jesus is trying to get us to see here. Let's look at uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 through 17. We know the Ten Commandments that God gave to us. Exodus chapter 20, amen. The Bible begins to tell us to honor our father and mother. You've, You've heard me say that the first four is always our relationship to God. The second six is our relationship to one another. And so Jesus calls us again, the Lord which is Jesus. <laughs> they can't separate them. They're the same guy. Amen. He is Lord of all. Amen. Starting at verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God give thee. Amen. This is the first commandment that God gave us with a promise. Amen. And so, therefore, we need to honor our parents. Amen. We need to respect them. We need to reverence them. Now, some people say, you know, you just don't have an understanding. My parents was abusive. They was mean to me. You can break the cycle. Break the cycle, you know, so that your children will respect and honor you. You know, I don't have to talk negative and evil about my parents. You know, I can stand here and tell you a thing about my parents. 
but I learned to respect them. And so, therefore, you know, I can give cards. I can do things to respect them, you know, even though certain things may have happened. So, you know, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, you know, because your children, if you have children, is going to grow. And how do you want them to treat you? You always reap what you sow. <laughs> Amen. Number two. Thou should not kill. In other words, murder. Amen? You don't murder people. Would you want somebody to murder you? No. Amen. So, you don't murder others. You know, a lot of people take this scripture out of context in military relation. Military people just don't go out and kill people. It's for the defense of the nation or for that country. This scripture applies to murder. Okay? You just don't go out and murder people. Thou should not commit adultery. You know, do you want somebody sleeping with your spouse? Do you marry? I don't think so. <laughs> so why are you going to sleep with somebody else's? You know, do unto others. Amen. Thou should not steal. Think about it. <laughs> How do you feel when somebody steals from you? You feel violated, don't you? So why am I going to go steal from somebody else to make them feel the same way? See? You don't steal. That should not steal. See? Because you, you have to think about this. You know, how you're going to feel the same way. Amen. Thou should not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Amen. Don't agree against your neighbor if you don't have a, you don't have truth. That's why a lot of times in the court of law, you know, witnesses get kicked out because they ain't there to tell the truth. They're just trying to side with somebody to make the other person look bad. You know, and so you have to make sure, amen, that when you are being a witness, you are telling the truth. You know. So you got to have the knowledge that of what it is. And that's why usually, I don't know if they still do, I've been to court in a long time, but I remember they used to make you put your hand on the Bible because that's the highest authority that they was, it was in the land. And it still is to me, it's the highest authority. And they would make you put your hand on the, on the, on the Bible and raise your hand and say, do you Solomon to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth, so help you God. You know, if you violate that, you could be accused of perjury and you could go to jail, you know. So you have to think, how do you want to be treated? You know, you don't bear false witness against people. I saw him. No, you don't. How many of these people, you know, you know, you, you see some of this stuff is going on and people wasn't even there. Social media goes crazy, you know, and some of the people, they post some of that stuff on social media. You would think, whoa, they had to be standing right there. You know, they had to see it. They don't have a clue. They just forward in other stuff and, and all that stuff. Amen. So don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Number 17. Amen. Uh, verse 17. Thou should not covet thy neighbor's house. Thou should not covet thy neighbor's wife, or his manservant, or his maidservant, or his ox, or his ass, nor anything that is 
thy neighbors. Amen. And so we have to be look at this, these six commandments and realize they are part of the golden rule. Amen. For us, how to treat other people. You know, I think as I look a lot of times uh, on a lot of these people that is out in the middle of the streets riding and burning buildings and breaking down buildings and and shooting police and all these things, uh, you know, those same people, some of those same people, if you stop and think, what do you think would happen if they got home and their home has been burglarized and everything they got is gone? What do you think they're going to do? They're going to call the police. But yet they were just out in the middle of the street beating up the police, calling them names, throwing things at them, you know. But now they they want the police to be there to help them. Or if they become, someday, become a business owner. And they have a business. And then all of a sudden, here come a group of crazies and bust their windows up and bust up their business and stuff how do you think they're going to feel? <laughs> you know, they're going to say, those crazy people, they're out here beating them, that somebody should lock them up. You know, or if they're on a vacation and they're driving down the road later years with their children and their families and they come across it maybe down the streets of L.A. or somewhere and here's a bunch of people in the middle of the street rioting, you know, and they start jumping on the hood of their car and or reaching in their car and pull them out of their car and beat them up. What do you think they're going to say? You know, people are racist. You know, can't believe somebody don't do something about this. But see, they don't realize what they're doing. And it's probably going to happen just like that because the Bible says you reap what you sow. See? You know, they don't see it right now, you know. But probably some of these same kids and people out in the middle of the streets, probably back in the 60s and 70s, their parents was probably out there doing the same same craziness, you know. And now their children is doing it, and they probably think, look at those crazy kids, you know. Same concept, Amen. So we have to allow the golden rule to be the golden rule, especially when we become born-again Christians. See, we forget that old life. We become new creatures in Christ Jesus, and we follow the Word of God because if we aren't going to follow the Word of God, it's just words. Amen. And so we want to live according to the Word of God. Amen. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 12. We know how David, amen, when we stop and think about David's life. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, think about this. Now, we know this story deals with David and Bathsheba and what God's actions were uh, to David in this regard. Verse 1, And the Lord said, sent Nathan unto David, and he came to him, and he said unto him, There was two men in one city, the one rich, the other poor. The rich man had exceeded many flocks and herds. But the poor man had nothing save one ewe lamb, which he had brought up, brought and nursed up. And he grew up together with him and with his children 
and it did eat of his own meat, and drink of his own cup, and lay in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. There came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock, and of his own herd, to dress for the wayfaring man that was coming to him, but took the poor man's lamb, and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said unto Nathan, As the Lord liveth, the man that have done this thing shall surely die. And see, that's kind of like what I was just saying, you know. Now, he, he, you know, he wants the vengeance. And notice what Nathan said. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. He didn't have any pity. And Nathan said unto David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul, and I gave thee thy master's house, thy master's wives into thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such thing. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandments of the Lord to do evil in his sight? That thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and hast taken his wife to be thy wife, and hast slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword shall never depart from thine house." Because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will raise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes and give them unto thy neighbor, and he shall lie with thy wives in the sight of this son. For thou did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also have put away thy sin, that thou should not die. Howbeit because of this deed thou hast given occasion to the enemy of the Lord to blaspheme. The child also which is born unto thee shall surely die. And Nathan departed unto his house, and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had bore to David, and it was very sick. So we can see here David, amen, and we talk about do to your neighbor. Notice he violates actually all ten commandments. And one act, he violates everything of all ten commandments. When you go back and look at it and you study it out, you'll see he violated just like that. He did not consider the golden rule. Amen. He took something, stole something. He committed adultery. Amen. He bared false witness. He wrote a letter. He sends it to Joab, you know, put him in the front of the battle. And notice what the Lord said. The sword will never depart from your house. Amen. Even though David repented. When you read Psalms 51, he poured out his heart to God. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude that I tend to mercy. Blot out my transgression. Wash me. Cleanse me. He goes on and on and on and on. But the punishment still came. 
Amen. The child died. Amen. And as a result, notice what happens to David's house afterwards. You know, when you start looking at how evil start coming, you know, you start to look. His son, uh, Amnon, rapes his half-sister Tamar. His son, Absalom, kills his brother, Amnon. Amen. And it goes on. Then Absalom tries to take the kingdom. Absalom wind up being killed by Joab. Solomon becomes the king. Solomon kills his older elder brother Adonijah for asking for Abishab, David's the lady that was with David, you know, to be there to keep David warm. You know, he, he kills Joab. He pulls him out of the sanctuary, and, you know, and kills him. So the sword just continues and continues. And Solomon, in his old age, you know, the women turns his heart away from God. You know, and it all started. The breaking of the golden rule. See, we have to realize, amen, the Bible tells us you should not covet. Because if you start coveting, as Paul says in Romans 7, 7, I didn't even know that lust was a sin until I read in the law that I should not covet it. You see, if we're not careful, we can violate the golden rule. It's still golden. We have to realize how do we want people to treat us from the story of the Good Samaritan to the Ten Commandments to the story of David is to call our attention. How do you want to be treated? Amen. If we live our lives according to the Word of God, then we will treat people the way that God is asking us to treat people. As Brother DeMuth said earlier, God says, follow me. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. And when you look at Ephesians 5, amen, the Lord, Paul right into the church, there's certain things. He says, don't ever let it be once named among you as becoming saints. Amen. We have to realize that God's words are just words that we're not going to live it. And we become what we are. Amen. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, Ephesians 5, 1. And walk in love as Christ has also loved us and have given himself as an offering and a sweet sacrifice uh, to God for sweet-smelling Savior, but fornication and all uncleanliness and covetousness. And let it not be once named among you as becoming saints. Amen. We have got to live in this according to this word. Let's walk the talk. Amen. The way God wants us to live. Amen. So that we are following the golden rule. Paul goes on in, in Romans chapter 12. Back up here a little bit. He goes on in verse 9. says, let love, 12, 9. Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor or avoid that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be ye kindly affectionate one to another. Amen. With what? Brotherly love. Love one another. Amen. That's why the whole scriptures is, is calling us to love. Because if I love you, if I love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, and I love you as myself, I'm going to treat you the way that I want to be treated. That's why Paul says no man ever hated his own self. He nurtures it. He loves it. He builds it up. He takes care of it. 
So you are my brother. You are my sister, as the song said. So take me by the hand. Together we will work until he comes. There's no foe that can defeat us when we're walking side by side. As long as there is love, we can stand. See, I want to treat you the way I want to be treated. Amen. I want to love you the way that I want to be loved. Because God is love. See, I don't know what tomorrow holds for me. Yeah, I may need you tomorrow. You know, and this is important. Amen. As a child of God. Paul goes on in 1 Corinthians 13, the, the love chapter. Amen. Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels and have not charity or love, I am become as sound and brass or as tinkling cymbals. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mystery and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I restore all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, I, it profited me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, doeth all things. Charity never faileth. Love never stop being love. Amen. I don't stop loving you. See, I got to do what the Word of God tells me to do. Jude. Jude, Jude, Jude. Jude. Verse 20 through 22. But ye, beloved, build up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. On some have compassion. Make a difference. See, that's what the prodigal, I mean, the good Samaritan had. He had compassion. That's why the Bible said he had compassion on him. He wind him up. He, he poured water, oil and wine into his wounds, which was a healing salve, to help him. He put him on his beast. He took him to the inn. He cared for him, having compassion, because our Lord has compassion. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. Why? Because his compassions fail not. They are renewed every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. God is kind and loving to us. We must have compassion for others. This is why the golden rule is still golden. That's why it doesn't change. It's real. You, it, you can take it to the bank. God wants you to use it every day. Amen. That's a bank account that will never run dry. Do to other people the way that you want to be done do to you. Amen. Don't treat people with rudeness. You don't want to be rude. You know, if, if, if you took somebody's parking spot, you'd be mad if they took yours. Come on. Think about it. Treat people the way that you want to be treated. Amen. The golden rule 
it is still, 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 still golden. Amen. Jesus even prayed from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Amen. Amen. As I said, man, we see all these people out in the street doing craziness. Amen. They will reap what they sow. Amen. And we must be followers of God's word because if not, it's just words. It's just words. And this is words to live by. This must be obeyed. This must be followed. As the Lord told Joshua in Joshua 1, he says, don't ever let it depart from your mouth and you will have great success. In other words, let it be a part of your life. You follow it. I was talking to a young man. I was witnessing to a young man the other day uh, out of pennies. And uh, he was getting a shirt, and I got to talking to him. And uh, I asked him, uh, says, oh, I said, you're buying a suit, getting ready to go to church? You know, he kind of smiled. He says, no, nah, I'm getting ready to go to college in, in, uh, in Platteville. He says, but, uh, you know, I, I needed a suit because I, I know I... We'll have to go to some meetings and stuff of that nature and and stuff. And so I want to have a suit and nice shirt and tie so when I go, I can wear it. That's good. And then I just asked him, I says, hey, I says, uh, do you go to church? He says, yeah. You know, he says, I, I've always gone to church and, and stuff. So I just asked him, you know, I started messing with people when they tell me that. You know, I says, tell me why you love Jesus. You know, and he did. And he says, I all my life. You know, he says, I, I have gone to church, and he says, you know, he's just so good to me, and I love him, you know, and stuff, and I want to serve him all my life, you know. And so it was good to hear a young man, you know, talking like that and stuff. And so we got in a conversation, and then I just I just told him, I says, so you're heading off to college and, and stuff? And he said, yep. And I said, you know what? I said, if you want to have great success, I says, don't ever let the word of God depart from your mouth. Let it always be a part of your life. You know, and he says, thank you for that. Thank you for that. You know, and I says, read the book of Joshua. You know, read the book of Acts. You know, let it become a part of your life. You know, and you'll be surprised. Know what God will do in your life. You know, and I told him, I said, I'm going to be praying for you that you have great success in college and that God will use you mightily, you know, at that college that you're going to. And he says, thank you so much, you know. So we have to treat people the way that we want to be treated. Amen. There's a lot of great people out there, a lot of people that are seeking. And so, you know, I, I'm sure we heard the story how people there for a while, people would be in the drive through line and people would pay for the car behind them and stuff like that, you know. Just little things, you know, that you can do or I can do. To, to impact someone else's life because we never know a kind word. How would you feel? You got a kind text, say, hey, I'm praying for you. I love you, thinking about you. You know, just little things. As the song says, little is much when God is in it. You know, you never know, you know, when, what day you might need somebody to send you a text and say, hey, praying for you, thinking about you. You know, something that just brighten your day or you get a card in the mail or, or whatever. It can make all the difference, all the difference in the world. Amen.
Praise God. Amen. I'm into your break time, but I forgot to take up the Sunday school offering. So if you got a Sunday school offering on your way to take a break, I'll, Brother Chad, you set this back there for me. Amen. And uh, on your way to go take your break, you can drop your offering in there if you want.